Thanks for joining me on iHeartRadio this week. And uh, another great book out. We've had a, uh, a lot of great authors and uh, great books here this spring. And if you're a, uh, a Hollywood fan, um, a fan of biographies, and just a real good read out right now, my Merrill, Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood and Me, joined by uh, uh, author Jay Margolis. And uh, we're going to talk about this. Marilyn Monroe is, uh, has always been a, uh, a controversial and a, and a popular pop culture figure, and this book's just going to add to it. And Jay, thanks for coming on this week. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, I'm reading it right now. I got a, I got a copy and uh, this is, uh, this book is personal, but uh, also uh, great for fans and uh, um, the Ronald Reagan connection. We got, we got a little bit of everything going on here. Exactly. You know, and uh, Terry's life was really amazing when uh, she was six years old. Uh, her father, Fred, in 1948, had been assigned as Marilyn Monroe's vocal coach before people knew who Marilyn Monroe was. This is like a few years before she had hit stardom with movies like Niagara and Gentlemen Preferred Blondes. And so uh, she was assigned by Fred to uh, improve her uh, voice to make sure that she was uh, presentable uh, for Ladies of the Chorus. And she sang these two songs, and they're really quite amazing. She learned very quickly. And they started to date each other, Fred and uh, um, Marilyn. And Fred brought uh, Marilyn home to meet the family. Uh, Nana, everyone has Nana, but you know, in Terry's family, of course, they called their grandmother Nana, and so did Marilyn. In fact, they gave her a nickname. They called her Meryl because yeah. uh, it was Marilyn. And so, what was special about this book was to remind people that, that Marilyn did have a family to go home to. You know, they had the, she had the Carter family, this family, and my co-author is 81 years old today. And uh, at the time, you know, she uh, thought it was very special, and she grew up within a, a, a famous family where even Maxwell Carter, her grandfather, was part of Metro Pictures. And when he died of a heart attack in, um, at 46 years old in 1922, you know, um, Golden and Mare merged to become MGM. And so fame was never important to Terry. She wasn't impressed by fame, and Marilyn gravitated towards that because here was a family that was going to treat her like normal people. You know, like when when going back to feeling what it was like to be a normal person before you were famous, like it was very, you know, hard to go back to that. But she felt comfortable in the Carter's presence because they weren't going to go sell her autograph down the road. They were just going to treat her like real friends. And that's why she stuck with him for 14 years until she died. Yeah, a lot. Like I said, a lot going on. Mar Marilyn Monroe, uh, one of the icons of Hollywood in the uh, in the 1900s. Um, it's she's still. I mean, what and why, uh, Jay? Why is even to this day still a ton of intrigue around Marilyn? Not just in the U.S., but around the world. Why are pa people so fascinated by this great talent? I believe it's because she died at a young age of 36. Yeah. So it was kind of like her youth was frozen. You never got to see what she looked like when she was older. So everything that you basically see about her is within the young range. And so it, people always want to know about the mysteries surrounding her life and then the mysteries surrounding her death. I mean, you have three major arguments, suicide, accident, and murder. 
And, you know, I argue there was murder in my New York Times book called The Murder of Marilyn Monroe Case Closed. And that's when I contacted Terry because uh, I also wanted to do something different. I wanted to talk about who Marilyn was behind the image. What was this woman really like in real life? You know, so many accounts have been written about her from just behind the movie set. That's not enough. The Carter family went a little bit deeper and was able to tell us what it was really like to know this woman, that she was a very generous person. If you ever let on to Marilyn that you wanted something, it might end up on your doorstep, even if she couldn't afford it. That's how nice of a woman she was. She wanted you to be happy. She was she didn't care about money, like she told Pete Martin in 1956. You know, she just wanted to have everyone be a nice person. And, and she, she liked to stay away from the people who really weren't doing her so well. But she used to hear people talking badly about her behind the movie set. She used to tell Terry this. And Terry just felt very sad for a woman who had really um, gotten this career. And then when she got it, she was surprised that it wasn't everything that she thought it would be. Yeah, we're with Jay Margolis, one of the authors of the new Marilyn Monroe book, My Meryl, Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood, and Me. And uh, Jay, did, you mentioned, I mean, such a short life, such a life that was packed with uh, so many things going on. Did she die wealthy? Did she die poor? There's, so, there's still a lot of mystery around not only her death, but uh, when she died, what, what was her uh, condition and what was, uh, what was her life like? Um, she was uh, not wealthy by any means in the imagination. You would think that you know, with that Some Like It Hot, where it was a big box office hit, I mean, made millions of dollars, you would think that that would actually, you know, propel her to go buy, like, a mansion or something. But no, she bought and took out a mortgage like any other average homeowner in the middle class and, uh, you know, um, and was paying a mortgage on her first and what would be her last home in her hacienda on 12305 5th Alina Drive. And it was just kind of sad because, you know, remember what I said, she didn't care about money. She would spend money she didn't have. Mm. So she, she was not very good with money. And uh, she admitted that. But she never was sort of like the let me go seek all the riches in the world type of person. That like, She just wasn't that, that person. She wasn't like the let me go get the lottery ticket today or something. She, she didn't care about that. You know, she was just about trying to make people feel better about themselves. If she could give them some money, say, oh, they like that dress. Let me go get it for them. And, and she would do that. And so it was a different type of love. Um, you know, one time she gave up uh, Terry's father, Fred, a gold watch, and she didn't have it engraved. And he said, why didn't you engrave it? And Marilyn said, well, you'll find another woman one day. Yeah. And if, if my father, my engraving wouldn't mean very much, now would it? And so later on, it turns out that uh, Fred married Jane Wyman, who became Terry's uh, you know, stepmother. And uh, that's when Michael and Marine Reagan became Terry's uh, stepbrother and stepsister because uh, Wyman had been recently divorced from Ronald Reagan. Sure. And so all these connections just kept happening to Terry, and I thought it was worthy of a book if she at first didn't want to write it because she didn't want to profit off of knowing Marilyn or having people think that. But then she said, I'd like to get the record set straight, and, and that's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it to go in any, any of the interviews because I don't want to be in the spotlight. But I just want people to know what kind of person she really was. Yeah, we're with best-selling author Jay Margolis. Uh, My Merrill, Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood and Me. It's a Firebird Book Award winner. Lots of positive reviews and a foreword by Michael Reagan uh, himself. And uh, the, the Ronald Reagan connection uh, really brings in a whole new audience, doesn't it, Jay? 
and uh, really even adds, if there wasn't enough intrigue already, it really adds more, doesn't it? I believe so, because what happened was that, you know, um, um, in addition to what was already going on, the fact that there was a marriage that had just happened between Wyman and Fred Carger, Terry's father, um, also, Terry's uh, cousin Johnny, um, his parents were going through some marital problems, and so Jane Wyman said to Johnny, why don't you and Terry just come up to the Ronald Reagan ranch, we'll take you over, and you can hang out with Michael and Green, and so uh, what happened was that uh, Ronald Reagan used to teach Johnny how to cut wood, how to shoot a rifle, you know, and, and Terry had her own goat on the ranch. And so it was kind of like a, uh, Johnny said that Ronald Reagan provided a fatherly love to him during a time when he desperately needed that kind of attention in his mm. life. Yeah. He was only 12 years old, you know. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And that, those stories and more in the book, uh, wrapping up with Jay Margolis, My Merrill. Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood, and me, a great picture, uh, red uh, book cover, and uh, you'll be able to spot this out of the, the dozens and dozens of Marilyn Monroe books out there. Jay, this is a great effort. Uh, it's a great read, great for a beach read, for a spring-summer read, and I uh, really applaud you guys for getting the, uh, the record set straight on a lot of things in this book, and uh, can't wait to see what's next. Oh, thank you so much, because I'm doing the Robert Kennedy and stuff assassination next um, who really killed robert kennedy well we'll have you on again again another uh, uh another popular uh um topic and uh mysteries that have uh, um part of the night uh the great 1900s here in america jay thanks for coming on all right thank you for having me i appreciate it bye-bye